We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Since the beginning of Weird Distractions, myself and former host Christy have offered bonus episodes in the month of October to celebrate the spookiness of the month and to count down to Halloween. Midweek Mini Spooks, being the mini-series we created, is available on every Wednesday in October. This year, since it's the first time I will be embarking in this series alone, I figured I would discuss reportedly haunted locations within Ontario, Canada. Although Ontario is not necessarily dubbed as haunted as other places within this floating rock we call Earth, it definitely has many haunted locations spread across the province. Each episode will cover one picked location, discuss the history and the haunts to get you in the spooky spirit of October. This won't be a regular Weird Distractions episode. No discussing distractions, no housekeeping or updates, just spookiness. So lock your doors, light your fall scented candles, and curl up with your favorite blanket as I take you through ominous Ontario. For the third midweek mini spook, we're back to Toronto to discuss another reported haunted location, this time a local theater. The Royal Alexandra Theatre, also referred to as the Royal Alex, sits at 260 King Street West, about a 15-minute walk from last week's midweek mini-spook, being at the Old City Hall. Construction of the Royal Alex finished in 1907 and would boast 1,244 seats and two balcony levels. The construction of the Royal Alex was reportedly financed by a group of business leaders who wanted to, quote, put Toronto on the map, making sure that folks knew that the city was a place of culture and refinement. With that said, it may come to no surprise that the Royal Alex was way over budget, but that may be because of the futuristic additives it was built with. For example, the Royal Alex would be designed with an air conditioner, becoming North America's first air-conditioned theater, which the air conditioner was supposedly a large ice pit under the orchestra. It also was built to be fireproof, which you'd think many buildings would be built with this intention. On top of these two great futuristic things, the Royal Alex was built with cantilevered balconies, which, according to the Sapphire Balconies website, are platforms added to a building which cantilever off of the main building structure and allow residents to step out onto a platform protected by a perimeter. The Royal Alex, again, would be the first of its kind to do this. So, the desire to put Toronto on the map really seemed to become an attained goal by doing these things. But we're not here just to talk about the construction of the Royal Alex. According to the Royal Alex Wikipedia page, the theatre opened on August 26 of 1907, and its first presentation was 
Top of the World, starring Anna Laughlin. Based on what I read online, the Royal Alex seemed to struggle in gaining consistent large crowds for the shows. The area around the Royal Alex was facing financial hardship, which eventually was mirrored by the theater itself. As time progressed, the theater had to compete with cinema, radio, and television. Needless to say, the future of the theater was uncertain at best. The Royal Alex would be sold to the late American-Canadian businessman Ed Mervish in 1963. Ed revitalized the theatre, and he then began to purchase the warehouse and industrial buildings along King Street to the west of the theatre. According to reports, he did this in order to draw people back to the area and to the Royal Alex. It worked, and eventually Ed's son, David, would come into business to carry on the new wave at the theater. Notable performers at the Royal Alex include Lady Gaga, Lucille Ball, Orson Welles, Eugene Levy, and more. Current shows being played at the Royal Alex include Mean Girls, Indecent, and Fisherman's Friends. A link to look at tickets will be in today's show notes. Now, let's get this show on the road and discuss the reported haunts of the Royal Alex. According to resources online, such as the writings of the Spectatorial, there seems to be two ghosts hanging out at the theatre. One of them is referred to as the Flyman, who is said to play around with the theater's fly-slash-rigging system, unsure if this entity is doing this in order to help or to hinder the shows. According to a direct quote from the Spectatorial about one situation involving this entity, quote, One time, a stage technician was working on his computer up on the fourth fly rail. He was looking at the computer screen when he noticed the figure of a man pass right in front of him. When he glanced up, no one was there and the door to enter the rail was moving, as if somebody had just walked in. In summary, the flyman seems to manifest itself as a shadow figure and may be responsible for objects moving on their own, but it may be no match for the other entity, who seemingly does not need a nickname, but if it did, it might have something to do with its odor. Supposedly, this unnamed, unknown entity may be responsible for manifesting an awful smell that some have related to the smell of rotten eggs. On top of these entities, there are also reports of ram cold spots, feeling like you're being watched when no one is around, which could be because it's a theater, but I'll let you be the judge of that. Whoever or whatever is haunting the Royal Alex, perhaps, is not wanting to miss getting a good seat for the next show. Today's midweek mini-spook would not be possible without the following resources. Wikipedia for both its pages on the Royal Alexandra Theatre and for its page on Ed Mervish, the Sapphire Balcony website, the Mervish website, the New Classical FM website, and the Spectatorial website. If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distractions episode, please consider telling your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else who will listen about the show. You can tell them to find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, and many more. If you're streaming the show on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review. This helps the show out for free by letting others know that it's worth listening to. Another way to support the show for free and to never miss an update is to follow along on the show's various 
social media accounts. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is at WeirdDistractI1 and TikTok. If you want to financially support the show and get yourself a little something extra each month, why not join one of the two tiers over on Patreon? Each month, you get exclusive content such as bonus episodes and series, the Weird Destinations travel posts, plus early access to the regular feed episodes. You can find out which tier is best suited for you by going to patreon.com slash podcast. Shout out to my current patrons, aka my weird little family members, Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, Lynn, Susan, Shadow, Courtney, and Cheryl. I love you all and appreciate your ongoing support of Weird Distractions. If you're unable to support the show on a monthly basis, but still want to support it maybe as a one-time donation, check out the show's merch over on Redbubble or sign up for a one-time donation over on Buy Me a Coffee. Lastly, I want to hear from you. As some long-time listeners may recall, Christy and I released two listener story-based episodes called Listener Distractions. I'd love to keep doing this series and hear all of your weird tales of ghostly encounters, unexplainable events, and too close to home true crime stories. You can email me your tales at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. As well, send me feedback. If there are any corrections that need to be made after today's episode, let me know. And as always, if you need a distraction, I got you. Bye.